This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Here you go. Here you go. Vision. Nothing personal. Word of the day is vision. Do you share my vision? What's your vision? How good is your vision? 2020? I'm 2060. What do you envision as your future? I have visions. Do we share the same vision? In sports, the word vision is used incorrectly. I used to use it all the time. It's a funny word because you can use it to mean so many things. We have a vision, we'd say to the players. Our vision is to be competitive every year. We have a vision of a full stadium, crowds everywhere, waiting lists for season ticket holders, big naming rights deals and TV deals. It's a vision. Some people say, I've got a vision. I see the future. I see the past. I see a dead relative. I hear a dead relative. Vision is what you use when you make a coaching change. We didn't share the same vision. We couldn't find glasses that matched. I had a vision that he didn't have. He had a vision that I couldn't see. We both had a great vision, but you can only have one vision. (laughs) That's vision. It's very bizarre. You can't see out of my eyes. I'd like to share my vision. People say that too. I like that. I want to share my vision with you when you're selling something when you're selling a business idea or a concept to your employees or to people, customers, I want to share my, how do you do that? I can't see out of your eyes. You can't see out of mine. When you're an owner of a team, you have a vision. Here's what the vision is. It's very simple. Your vision is that you want to win the championship every year, period. And when you don't, your vision says that something must be wrong. And when you are rich and powerful, your vision, when it is, Quaitus interrupted. There's a change, not in your prescription, but in actually what you're looking at. God forbid anyone changes or corrects or improves their own vision. They only change what they're looking at to make it cater to the vision that they wanted to have to begin with. So it's well known that Doc Rivers is the coach of the Clippers. It's well known that he had a 3-1 lead on the Denver Nuggets, and then the Clippers lost three in a row. Notice how I said, it's well known. Every word is purposeful on nothing personal. It's well known that he had a 3-1 lead. Did he have it? Did the team have it? When the Clippers lost the series 4-3, to it was Doc Rivers who had the 3-1 lead. 
Does anyone else have an issue where Siri just keeps happening? By the way, this is live. I don't even understand how Siri happens like that. Anyway, did I say, hey, Siri? I must have. Anyway, I digress. I had a different vision of what Siri would be. Where were we, Coca? When the Clippers lose a three-to-one advantage, Doc Rivers is the one at fault. When the Clippers win a series or when the Heat win a series, it's the Heat won the series four games to two. So the Clippers, I'm going to say it the opposite way because of the way I like to say it, the Clippers lost four games to three to the Denver Nuggets. Doc Rivers got criticized. Not the winning coach. First coach in history to lose three, three to one leads in the playoffs. Meanwhile, he has a championship ring with the Red, with the Red Sox, the championship ring with the Celtics. Granted, he had a Hall of Fame team with Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce. No doubt about that. But you still need someone to coach that talent. He coached it to an NBA championship. He was not able since then to repeat it, but he has been an NBA coach for over 20 years. Once the Clippers lost, Balmer, as you recall, spent about $2 billion to buy that team from disgraced owner and racist Donald Sterling. Steve Balmer has been incredibly into it, is the right way to say it. He's the one courtside jumping up and down, going crazy and unapologetically cheering for his team just as much as Mark Cuban does, except he doesn't take the floor too often, Balmer. Don't know if he has a locker in the clubhouse the way Cuban does. So the Clippers won the lottery last year and they got Kawhi Leonard. And then they traded for Paul George. They put together a super two. The season was progressing, favored to win the title. And then the pandemic hit. Then there was a hiatus. Then they went into the bubble. Some teams got better in the bubble. Some teams got worse. What happened to the Bucks? They got worse. What happened to the Heat? They got better. Clippers, worse. Remember all the stories we told about the Clippers? They had the strip club, the chicken wings. They had the funeral. They had players losing friends, grandparents, etc. Leaving the bubble, coming back to the bubble. It was all a very heavy bubble issue for the Clippers. When they brought in Paul George, you remember the way they mortgaged their future? They traded away these first-round picks. Coca's in my ear telling me first-round picks in 2022, 2024, 2026, plus a first-round pick in 21 and 23. Wait a minute. Does that mean they traded away 2001, 2021, 22, 23, 24, 25, and 26? That can't be. Coca, can you confirm that? They traded six first round picks for Paul George, knowing that you can't trade consecutive first round picks because you end up running afoul of the rules because they didn't want any teams to mortgage their future that badly. But what they way got around that is they ended up getting two picks via Miami in 21 and 23 and trading those. It's hmm. a lot of first round picks for a guy who's only okay. Sorry, Coca. Paul George is fine. He's a number three superstar on a team, maybe. Maybe a two at best, certainly not a one, but Kawhi Leonard is. So Steve Ballmer's watching the Clippers lose three to one and says, all right, we're going to evaluate. And this is what owners do. And it's a pretty good story. You start calling people, friends, relatives, consultants, 
players, what can we do better? What happened this year? Because as an owner, you must have an answer. When you have a vision that does not come true, it can only be because something else went wrong. It can't be that your eyes are bad. Something changed. New owneritis is when you call your players and say, hey, did you like Doc Rivers? What do you think of Doc Rivers? Should we keep Doc Rivers? Reports are they spoke to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Never call your players and ask them about the manager, ever. That is giving too much power to the player. Ever. Make your decision based on what you think is best for your organization. Players will adjust to playing to whoever you tell them to play for. Just because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have player options and could be free agents at the end of next season does not mean you need to call them and say, hey, what do you think of Doc? It's a little emotional to make that call within 10 days of losing, having been in a bubble for a month and a half, close to two months. So he speaks to all these people, Balmer does. And then he says, all right, I've got a new vision. I'm going to call Doc. Calls up Doc and they have a phone call. Hey, we should talk. What's your vision, Doc? And Doc says, my vision, my vision is we had a tough series. My vision is that we need to do better. We need to have another year of chemistry. My vision is that I would like to get a little more help on the assistant side. My vision is that I want to have better scouting and cohesiveness. That's my vision. Steve, what's your vision? Well, Doc, my vision is why the hell did we blow a 3-1 lead? And why the hell can't Kawhi Leonard and Paul George play better together? I mean, I've owned this team for six years now. I haven't won a thing. We've turned it around. You've gotten me in the playoffs. We've made the playoffs. Playoffs? Yeah, playoffs, but we can't win it. We got to get a ring. Hey, Steve, I got to tell you, it's not easy to get a ring. You just want to be there. And we were there up 3-1 in the conference semifinals. We just didn't get it done. You signed me to two more years at 10 million bucks a year. <laughs> Steve Bomber's funny. Do you remember uh, when we were preparing for this show, Coca reminded me about the 2014 year when Bomber took over and he was not going to be this involved owner because he had a quote, something like, uh, Coca, remember this because it was so funny for an owner to say it because all new owners say it. Listen, I'm very successful, but I got to tell you, I've never been an owner of a team. I've never been a player. So I don't know how to be an owner, just like I don't know how to be a player. Guess what? Owners catch on really quickly. They watch a few losses from courtside. They get a little bit of booing. They see their fellow owners winning and they get jealous and they say, oh, I could be an owner. All I got to do is have a new vision. So Doc Rivers is going to be replaced in Los Angeles. Couple choices. Phil Jackson. Are you kidding me? Who said that on Twitter? Jeff Van Gundy. That's a good one. Ty Lue, a popular one. The only thing I know is it will be a coach with experience, NBA experience. Steve Ballmer is not starting with a brand new coach. He's not going to get Phil Jackson out of retirement unless he offers Phil Jackson double what Doc Rivers had. Give Phil Jackson $20 million a year and full ability to build the roster as he sees fit as GM and as coach. The Knicks tried that. It went really well. Hold on. I just, I, it, Coca, move to the right. I want to look at all those NBA banners from the Knicks. 
with Phil Jackson. Oh, that was so much fun. I remember that year, Phil. That was good. Oh, yeah, you got that done with the Knicks. Good. Oh, yes. <laughs> Nothing. Nada. It's not going to be Phil. Jeff Van Gundy's pretty happy arguing with Mark Jackson on TV. Coach, Mark Jackson calls him. Jeff Van Gundy and Stan Van Gundy are the best brother broadcast tandem in the business. Could Jeff Van Gundy really want to move to California, get back on the bench, and have a new vision that shares the same ocular space with Steve Ballmer? It says here that Jeff Van Gundy's bags under his eyes have finally gone away, and he doesn't want them back. I don't know why he fired Doc Rivers. It's a bad decision. Doc will land on his feet. I'll tell you that right now. Wait to see. Guaranteed he will be a head coach in the NBA in 2021. It's not even worth talking about. It is a guarantee that Doc Rivers will be the head coach. Could be the Pelicans. Could be the Sixers. Could be the Rockets. Could be the Thunder. It is a guarantee when the game of musical chairs ends, Doc Rivers will have brand new clothing. <sighs> okay. We got a situation in the NFL. Breaking news. Breaking news, Coca. Breaking COVID news. Put your mask on and step away from the mic. Put your mask on and get out of the huddle. Put your helmet in the corner. Take your shoulder pads off and don't shower. Pan down, pan down. We've got virus. Red alert. Roger Goodell is despondent. On September 29th, MLB playoffs begin. There's a distraction to the NFL. NBA finals are going on. There's a distraction to the NFL. The Tennessee Titans have shut down their facility because of positive COVID tests, three players, five staff. Knock, knock. Roger, Roger, please take your thumb out of your mouth, Roger. Roger, it's okay. Every league's had to deal with this, Roger. We have a plan, don't we, honey? Baby, we got to have a, you just shut it down. But what, what, oh, Roger, you got to tell Rooney what to do. All you're going to tell the Steelers is just prepare, be ready to play. That's the plan in the NFL. If you are in proximity to the Titans, like the Vikings, the Vikings played the Titans. The Titans then had positive tests. The Vikings were told as a caution, in an abundance of caution, it's with an abundance of caution, please shut down your facilities. No more practicing, no more game preparation. But the Titans play the Steelers this coming Sunday. Listen, Mike and Big Ben, get ready to play. So we've got positive tests on a, what day is today, Coca? On a uh, Tuesday. The game against the Steelers is on a Sunday. Traveling happens on a Saturday. More testing will happen today and Wednesday. If the Titans have no further positive tests, have they avoided an outbreak the way the Cardinals and Marlins could not? Or is it contained in a way that the rest of MLB had it contained after individual positive tests? This is the first time we are testing pun intended, whether or not COVID is being spread with on-field activity. Do you remember when the Marlins first had the outbreak and there was absolute panic? Stop playing games. They didn't know whether or not 
the virus would be spread during a game. When it was discovered that none of the opponents of teams who had outbreaks in MLB, none of them were having any positive tests at all. After having played the teams which had positive tests, the conclusory statement was you do not spread COVID on the field. What about the NFL? We always thought that that is a lot of physical contact, not a lot of social distancing. There's a lot, you're huddling up, you're hand-to-hand combat, you're huddling. What about the offensive linemen? You're breathing on each other and grunting and spitting and farting, and it's, it's a whole thing in football. So what the NFL has to do is figure out, number one, did it stop with this three positive tests, three players? That's the first threshold. Do we have an outbreak greater than three players? Once they establish it's only three, two, did it spread to anyone on the Vikings? That's two. Three, if it did not spread to anyone on the Vikings, how long do we need to not practice if you are the Titans before we will allow you to play again? given that no one else tests positive, given that no one on the Vikings have it. That's going to be measured in days, not hours. Next, if that Titans cannot practice again till Friday, let's say, is it fair to make them play a game against the Steelers Sunday? What is the competitive disadvantage to not having the ability to in-person game plan? You can Zoom, you can do all the game preparations you want, you can share the playbook, et cetera. But if you're not having actual practice on the field, what is the competitive disadvantage? Five. Am I up to five, Coca? Five. If they do not play this weekend, do you make it up? Do you switch the schedule around the way MLB did? They move the schedule around constantly. Different teams playing different teams on different days. That schedule that they released pre-COVID of the 60-game schedule basically got ripped up for half the teams. Do you reschedule on the fly because there are no fans? But now there are fans. You have to consider the fact that they're fans. Do fans care if they're going to see the Titans? Instead of seeing the Titans, they see the Packers as an example. If you are not going to reschedule games and there's no common off week, do you take the week off in between the championship and the Super Bowl and push everyone back a week? Do you only play the Titans in week? How many weeks are there in a football season? 16 games plus one bye week for 17 weeks. So do you all of a sudden in week 18, do you have the Titans play only if it has playoff implications? What about for the Steelers? Do they get one fewer game or do they play the Titans, which is a disadvantage to have a bye week now and then have to play an extra week at the end? Roger Goodell has to make these decisions. Here's how this ends. Flowchart time. Three players are positive. If you're watching this on YouTube, nothing personal with David Sampson, please hit subscribe. Thank you for watching. I just held up two fingers instead of three when I said there are three ways this will go down. Maybe I said there's two ways it'll go down with three players. Either way. If you're listening to this on Apple, thank you. We have an end of month mailbag pod coming up, by the way. Sorry, Coke, I'm interrupting a story and a segment to promote, which I'm not going to do. Three things the NFL can do. One, they can pretend that everything's fine, assuming no one else tests positive. That's one side of the flow chart. And everyone's back to work starting Wednesday, and we're all good. Two, they can decide If nobody tests positive, we're still going to hold off and postpone the game. The third on the flow chart is if more players test positive, but no Vikings test positive, the Titans alone will sit out, but the Vikings will play on. 
if the Vikings test positive as well, that means the Vikings will be shut down. The Titans will be shut down and there will be a lot new, a lot of new rules in the NFL because it means there is player to player spread on the field. So this is a seminal moment in the NFL season as we're seeing upticks in various cities around the country. While we're seeing fans go to games, while we're seeing shutdowns end, things open. It is a very bizarre time right now in our country. We've got an election coming up. Everything seems political at the moment. But Roger Goodell has to put politics aside, hard for the NFL to do. And he has got to do what's right for the players and for the competitive integrity of the NFL. First test for Roger Goodell. Get that thumb out of your mouth. I got a good quote. Do we have video of Bryce Harper, Coca? Do we have that video? Can we play a video? Bryce Harper met the media after they lost. And uh, the Phillies had a, I don't know what to say other than we covered it on, on a show either this week or last week when the Phillies didn't make the playoffs. That may have been yesterday, actually. I can't remember. But either way, the reality was that Bryce Harper failed. The Phillies failed. We said yesterday that uh, they should be embarrassed, and they should. Bryce Harper throughout this season has called for the signing of their own free agent. His name is JT Ralmuto. He was a catcher for the Marlins. He was traded by the Marlins to the Philadelphia Phillies. One of the players who came back to the Marlins is starting in the playoffs against the Cubs. His name is Sixto Sanchez. Having JT on the Phillies, best catcher in the game, they expected a ring. Forget making the playoffs. They expected a ring. Nada. No ring, no nothing. Fired Gabe Kapler, brought in Joe Girardi, no difference. So Bryce Harper meets the media. And remember my wait to see yesterday? Was it a wait to see or just an absolute guarantee that Matt Klintek is going to get fired? So Matt Klintek is the GM of the Philadelphia Phillies. He's going to get fired. Bryce Harper is asked about it on Zoom. He says, quote, I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions. Not exactly a ring endorsement of your GM or of your front office. Bryce Harper saying, I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions. Let the owner make those decisions. The owner's the owner. He should make the decisions. Follow-up question. What do you think of having JT Ralmuto back on your team? And then Bryce Harper did it. He needs to be our catcher next year. He's the best hitting catcher, the best fielding catcher. He needs to be signed. It should not be a question. If this goes, if JT goes to another NL East team, that's going to be tough to swallow for us. He was so forward about JT Relamudo that it was offensive. And this is not me being pro-owner or anti-player. It's none of that. But if you're Bryce Harper, why on one hand do you say, hey, the GM, that's, not, that's above my pay grade, man. That's the owner. But when it comes to the players on the team, that's not up to the GM. That's not up to the owner. That's up to me. And I'm telling you, I can make those decisions. We got to have JT. How do you think the next catcher will feel if JT signs elsewhere? Bryce is going to have to go up to him during spring training and say, hey, man, I'm sorry. We're happy to have you. I mean, you're no JT, but we're happy to have you. Do you think JT is loyal to the Phillies, Bryce? I've known JT since the beginning, since the start of his career. JT has had one name in mind since his first year in the big leagues, folks. And JT is one of the great guys on our team. Off the field and on the field. 
because he's honest. When we tried to sign him, he said, no, I will not sign unless you get me to Joe Maurer, unless you get me to Buster Posey. He wanted an eight-year deal. He wanted free agent numbers at the Buster Posey level, at the Joe Maurer level. JT is going to have a very hard time getting an eight-year deal, but he's going to look for it. For the Phillies to retain him, they're going to have to say yes to whatever JT wants. And for the Phillies to do that and put so much money into Harper and JT, realizing that they had those two and it still didn't work. Why not reallocate money and try to do better in your pitching staff? Because all of your pitchers, including Arietta, thank God he's gone because he was terrible. Nola's trying to be an ace, but he's more like a number two. Your bullpen is absolute ass, like swamp ass type of bullpen. So you're going to blow your entire wad on two position players. You got to allocate better, Bryce. It may be above your pay grade, but don't you need to learn how to build a team? It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I personally think that JT is going to shop himself. I think that the Phillies are in a position like every other team is right now. They are not going to overpay for free agents. They're losing money hand over fist. They're going to cut expenses. They have Harper. There's nothing they can do. They know there's a chance of 162-game season next year. We have to pay their players their full pro rata salary. And they know the chances of a full stadium in only five months. Remember, the season starts. What, what are we in? October, November, December, January, February, March. Six months. Maybe six months. Maybe it'll work. Meanwhile, the Phillies, while this is happening have been reducing their organization like other big market teams, like other small market teams. Employees on the business side and baseball side are being fired. Those who make 40 grand a year, 60 grand a year, 80 grand a year, 100 grand a year, forget 5 million, 10 million, 50 million, 20 million. Andy McPhail is the team president. He said, what I want you to know is that when confronted with ways of reducing our expenses in 2021, we are always going to prioritize preserving as many positions as practical. That is what Andy McPhail said to his employees. Regrettably, it is inescapable that the workforce will undergo a reduction in size. How does that work? If you pay, get out your calculator, Coca. Let's say you pay $10 million in payroll. Let's say you have $180 million payroll and you decide that you're going to reduce it to $170 million and then take the $10 million and give it to employees who average $100,000 a year. Hmm, $100,000 into 10 million. That's 100 employees, isn't it, Coca? You could reduce your payroll by $10 million and keep 100 people at $100,000? At at <gasps> is that possible? That's 10 per million. 10 times 10 is 100. That's 100 people. Don't send an email. When you are a team president, lesson number seven, do not send an email saying, we are going to do everything we can to save every one of your jobs. Because that's bullshit. You're not. All you have to do is cut payroll. Owner doesn't want to do that. He wants to win more than he wants to save jobs. Plus, if there aren't going to be sold out fans, you don't need half those jobs. And instead of spending money on people not working, you might as well spend it on players not getting you to the playoffs. A lot of decisions upcoming for the Phillies. But don't worry. If you want to know what the Phillies are going to do, All you have to do is ask Bryce Harper. How about what happens on a a team plane? 
this story came out yesterday, Coca, and I, I wanted to put it in the show. And I know it doesn't appeal to you, this story, but to me it did. And uh, here's why. There's something going on. And, uh, I, and, and Coca gets worried that I'm going to hit the third rail. And I don't want to hit the third rail because I love doing nothing personal with you every day. I really do. And uh, I don't want to stop. There's so many ways when you have a microphone that it can be taken away from you. Just so many ways. But here we go. Katie Sowers is a coach for the San Francisco 49ers. Katie Sowers is a full-time offensive assistant coach in the NFL. I love that. I don't love it because she's a woman. I love it because she's qualified and she's a woman and their teams were willing to give qualified women, equally qualified, a job on the coaching staff. I, I want that. I want equality with performance. I want equality with background. Yesterday, or two days ago, the San Francisco 49ers beat the New York Giants in, in an embarrassing fashion. The Giants just stink, by the way. And then they got on their plane and flew home. When you fly west from New York to San Francisco, the flying time is about six hours. It's a long flight. Everyone's grumpy and tired. They just played a game, even though they won. All of a sudden, word comes out from Katie Sauer's sister on social media. How offensive it was that Katie Sowers was not in first class with the rest of the coaches, but was in economy on the team plane. Her sister went public. Her sister was livid, calling out the Niners. Inequality. Preaching. Katie Sowers is a woman. Second-class citizen. Treated as a second-class citizen. Prejudice against a woman coach. Well, let me clarify it, and I'm not even close to the third rail. There is zero chance that Katie Sowers was sitting in economy because she's a woman. Zero. Here's how team charters work. It's super simple. There's a traveling secretary that every team has. The traveling secretary has a picture of the plane with a seating chart. Row 1A, row 1B, 1C, 1D, 14 F and G. That's an exit row. That's economy. That's first class. That's business class. If there's three classes of service, if there's only two classes of service, if it's a one class of service plane, doesn't matter. There is a seating chart. The traveling secretary assigns seats. Every seat on the plane that has a live soul in it has been assigned. The traveling secretary comes up to you before the flight. He, Mike, you are in 14A. David, you're in 1D. Mary, you are in 1A. Joshua, 13D. Now, does the traveling secretary just... Dun, 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 no, that's the circus. What's it when you're juggling, right? It's um when you're spinning the plates, there's the music that goes to it. It's dun, na, 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 na. No, that's not it either. I can't think of it, Coco, but either way, do you think that that's what he's doing? Like playing blind man donkey? What's that game where you pin the tail on the ass of the donkey? No, it is completely organized by priority. 
in baseball, the traveling secretary has a row that he sits in. The manager sits in the top right of the, the front right of the plane. You have the equipment manager up in first class so he can get off the plane first to start unloading the plane so the bags can be there when the players get off. The players are in the back. Players with wives are in the middle. Broadcasters have an area. Trainers have an area. Within first class, the coaches have a specific row. They sit with a separate coach or the coach of their choice that they let the traveling secretary know, the traveling secretary know about. When they don't want to sit with that person anymore, they let the traveling secretary know about it. You don't board a plane when you are a team charter and just say, oh, is that seat taken? Oh, I'd like to sit there. Oh, no, that seat's taken. I'm saving a seat. No, no, I'm safe. I want I want the seat next to me free. I'm saving that. It doesn't work that way. So to Katie Sauer's sister, get the facts. In this time of COVID, if they have spread people out on the plane the way they're supposed to, that means there are fewer people sitting in the first class cabin. That means when they assign the first class cabin, it is going to go by priority, by experience, not by genitalia. You don't know how many team owners were on that flight. You don't know whether or not the GM was on the flight. Did the GM have his wife on the flight or her husband on the flight? I don't know if the GM's a man or a woman in San Francisco. Did the coach have his family on the flight? What are the exact order of the coaches? We would do it according to seniority. Not the bench coach as the most senior. I'm talking about seniority as coaching both for the Marlins and in baseball. Even a first-year coach with the Marlins who is a 20-year coach, that coach would get seniority. We would do it according to which of the coaches got certain benefits, believe it or not, in, in, in baseball. Certain coaches get pension benefits and union benefits and licensing benefits, and other coaches do not. So there are many ways that you measure seniority. I'm telling you right now, the Niners need to come out with a statement, and so does Katie Sowers, saying that there is no chance that the Niners purposefully told Katie Sowers to go to the back of the plane. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the devil. Yes, we are. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Welcome back. 
We're going to review The Devil Went Down to Georgia, the Charlie Daniels song. No, we're not. Every time I see The Devil, that's what I think about, though. That great fiddler playing devil. I watched a movie. It just came out on Netflix a couple weeks ago. Made for Netflix movie. It stars Spider-Man, whose name escapes me, Tom Holland. And um, (laughs) it's amazing. What is Robert Pattinson? Thank you, Coca. The guy from Twilight, the guy who was dating Kristen Stewart, the guy who was in the movie The Lighthouse, the guy who I think is playing Batman that may have been shut down because of COVID, but maybe back. In any case, it's a made for Netflix movie, but it's a real theatrical movie. It's called The Devil All the Time. It's based on a book. The narrator of the movie is the author of the book. It is a movie that is two hours and 18 minutes. So if I ask you to please give me 138 minutes, I'm going to say it because if you give up after 25 and you're going to want to, you're going to be sorry. You've got to see it through the way this movie, based on the book, ties in not just the characters, but the performances of the characters. It starts... At a date, it goes 10 years into the future, 20 years into the future. Tom Holland plays a character that, in addition, there's a boy who plays Tom Holland when he was a boy. The writer, Donald Ray Pollock's voice, is um, it's mesmerizing. Literally mesmerizing is the narrator. It is graphic, but not gory. It is scary, but not horror-filled. It is slow, but not boring. It is sad, but not tragic. The way that the characters were built, it's like Love Actually. Can you imagine I'm comparing the devil all the time to Love Actually? Meaning all the stories are interwoven, except you don't really know how they're going to interweave until you see it happening. And then you say, wow, what a series of unbelievable events. All of the characters in the movie have some sort of privity, some sort of relationship to the character played by Spider-Man. And watching it unfold was a great pleasure. The Devil All the Time is on Netflix. Please, two hours and 18 minutes. It will be well worth it to you. Okay, we are now, if you're listening to this on September 29th, it's playoff time. Playoff time. Playoffs? Yes, it is. All right, we got a couple things to talk about. Number one, tonight... The Yankees play the Indians. Garrett Cole pitching against Shane Bieber. It's a game. It's a must-see game. A must-see game. Two of the best, really, for me, the two best pitchers in the American League, for sure. Maybe the two best pitchers in all of baseball. Starting for the New York Yankees, catching Garrett Cole, Gary Sanchez. Of course it's Gary Sanchez. Why wouldn't Gary Sanchez be playing? He's like their star. He's trying to be their star. He's as good as Judge and Stan. He can rake. He had such, such a, oh, no. It's not Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez is benched because Garrett Cole now has a personal catcher named Kyle Higashoka Higgy. Gary Sanchez has had such a poor offensive season. He's had so many problems actually catching, even though Cole went out of his way to compliment Sanchez when Sanchez did catch Cole. The reality is the Yankees believe they have a better chance to win the game without Gary Sanchez playing. And you wonder why he's not getting a long-term deal from the Yankees? When your best starter chooses to have a personal catcher, which I do not agree with granting a personal catcher to any pitcher, even a $324 million man. 
Because what happens when that you can't make a pitcher believe, this is what we would always tell our pitchers, your success is not based on your receiver. I could be your catcher and your stuff is so electric that you will win the game. Don't be dependent and lean on a personal catcher. Aaron Boone specifically said, the manager of the Yankees, I don't like personal catchers, but guess what? He changed his mind because Gary Sanchez stinks. This is a huge, huge series for the Yankees. If the Indians defeat the Yankees two out of three in one two out of three series in Cleveland, there will be a ripple effect for these New York Yankees. I promise you that. But let's see how Higashioka does. It's going to be very interesting. Imagine he gets two hits tonight, right? Cole pitches a one-hit shutout, and he gets two hits. I wonder if Gary Sanchez gets Wally pipped. Hmm. I guess that's a wait to see. All right, so the playoffs begin. Make sure, please, make sure you're watching. Other things to look for today, the Minnesota Twins begin their series against the Houston Garbage Astros. I love the Astros. I don't know why I'm saying that. They're not the Houston Garbage Cans. People are going crazy. Remember the offseason, they got the big free agent signing, Josh Donaldson, $92 million over four years, and we said on nothing personal, or maybe we said on CBS Sports HQ. It must have been. I don't remember where, where we said it. We said that Donaldson is being overpaid. He's too injury prone. Great guy, great player, but just not on the field enough. Well, he's got a calf issue again, and he is not on the active roster for the wild card series. He's on the taxi squad, but not on the active roster for their series against the Strohs. And they've got three years left of that contract, the Twins do. Donaldson, remember, was going to play third base, then give up third base and take over for DH when Nelson Cruz is done. Meanwhile, Nelson Cruz is still raking and Donaldson is still sitting. Tomorrow we will recap. We'll look at the games. We got the Dodgers series starting tomorrow night. All National League series start tomorrow night. But today it's all about the American League. All right. Nothing personal pick of the day. Let's take a minute on this. We are uh, 21 and 14. Remember the last pick was on last week when the Celtics won game five against the Heat way back then. We had that picked, chosen correctly. So we are up a touchdown, 21 and 14. Here's what we're going to do now is that the baseball playoffs start through October. Every day, our nothing personal pick of the day will be baseball. However, during the NBA finals, each game of the finals, which start Wednesday, we're going to do a bonus pick and pick every game of the NBA finals. We're still thinking about that. Nothing personal pick of the day. The Lakers are favored by five over the Heat in game one, but that's not till tomorrow. We're focused on the American League matchups. I'm going a little bit against the grain, though I did choose the Oakland Athletics to beat the Sox in two games. Everyone is aghast with the starting pitcher choice for the Oakland A's because the White Sox are undefeated against lefties, but they're throwing a lefty. The White Sox are countering with Lucas Giolito, the guy who had the no-hitter, had the unbelievable year last year. Remember him? After he had the terrible year two years ago. Decent year this year. I mean, the no-hitter helped, obviously. Starting pitcher for the A's is a guy named Lazardo. You never heard of him. I told you that, because you never heard of anyone on the A's, but they just win. That's what they do. Guess what? The Oakland A's will beat the Chicago White Sox tonight, today. It's sometime on September 29th. Don't know which game it is. 
I think the first game may be Astros Twins and the last game is Yankees Indians. So it's somewhere there in the middle. Just turn on the TV and they're on so many channels. Go between ABC, ESPN, TBS, MLB Network. Just keep trying. Although with Guide these days and the smart TVs, do you have those clickers? I got a clicker coca that came with this cable company and I got to get rid of cable because it's who has cable. I got to cut the cord. But you press like a microphone button and you say Astros twins and it goes to that channel. So it doesn't even matter to know the channel. I used to have to look in the TV section of the newspaper to see what channel it was on. Those were the days, my friend. All right. Wait to see. I don't want to make this confusing. I want to be very clear what we do here with wait to sees. We go through and say something every day. When it comes true, we'll revisit and say, hey, we said this would happen and it did happen. When it doesn't come true, we'll revisit and say, we said this was going to happen and it didn't happen. Accountability on nothing personal matters to me. We have a huge number of wait to sees that came, that were finalized this past weekend. All the way back on October 23rd, when Joe Girardi was hired by the Phillies, October 23rd of 2019, COVID was not even a thought, a sparkle in your eye. Nothing personal. We said Joe Girardi will not make the playoffs in 2020. Guess what? We were right. Phillies didn't make the playoffs. Remember when Joe Girardi was going to be hired maybe by the Chicago Cubs, but instead they went with David Ross. Remember when Joe Girardi had that eight-hour interview with Theo Epstein? And I said, what do you do for eight hours? What, do they see a movie? I remember that episode, Coca. October 29th, we said that David Ross will make the playoffs before Joe Girardi does. Well, guess what? The Cubs made the playoffs. The Phillies didn't. That's another way to see that worked out. Now, March 20th came along. Season hadn't started yet. I'm trying to think on March 20th, had this, had it, we had been in shutdown. Spring training was shut down. And I had changed my mind about the Cubs. I still believed that David Ross would make the playoffs before Joe Girardi. But I said at that point, the Cubs would not be a playoff team on March 20th, 2020. I was wrong. The Cubs obviously won their division. They start their series against the Marlins tomorrow, 2 p.m. On July 10th, 2020, Way back in July, three weeks before it even started, the Anaheim Angels, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim came out and said, hey, guess what? We're going to be all for one, one for all. We are going to take care of ourselves. And I said, yeah, right. There will be a positive COVID test within the Los Angeles Angels organization. Guess what? There was. Wait to see. We waited and we saw. The Cubs are the only team in MLB who did not have an organizational positive. On August 14th, we were in the middle of the bubble. And I said the Los Angeles Lakers would not make the finals. I was wrong. They definitely did. On August 17th, the season was two weeks old. And I said to you, I don't like the way the Padres and the Reds are playing. The Padres and the Reds will not make the playoffs. Guess what? They both made the playoffs. That's a no. Got it wrong. But on August 20th, three days later, I talked about the Reds again. Remember Tom Brenneman? who used a slur, a homophobic slur. And I said, the NFL and the Reds will fire Brenneman. Guess what? 
The NFL got rid of him and the Reds just got rid of Brenneman two days ago. They let him call it a resignation. Don't kid yourself. We're taking that way to see he was fired. The next day on August 21st, I said the Rays will win the AL East. Remember how unpopular that was? Guess what? The Rays did win the AL East. And my last wait to see just happened on September 9th. And Coke and I were remiss in that we didn't tell Paige to bet it. But the reality is that we said on September 9th that the Heat will play in the NBA Finals, and they did. There is so much business to be done in the wait-to-see category. But it's always nothing personal. Here you go. Here you go. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.